Today, I'm going to be talking about the magic mirror, also known as your life. As you may know by now, our lives are just reflections of what's going on inside our minds. And I'm so fucking pumped to talk about it today because this is so my jam because this shit works. (laughs) So let's get into it. Magic is just science we don't understand yet. Arthur C. Clarke. Now, when I first heard this quote, I was like, ooh, yes, felt that. (laughs) Hocus pocus might get some side eye, but that shit is real. And we're going to get into it today. So if you take notes when you listen to these episodes, I apologize in advance for your wrist. (laughs) So we're going to set the foundation by first talking about light. Stay with me. This will all make sense by the end. Okay, so all light functions in one of two ways at any given time. It can be a particle or it can be a wave. You may have heard of the double slit experiment. This was an experiment conducted by Thomas Young in the early 1800s. He originally intended to show that light is a wave. Now, it gets very sciencey past this point, so I'm just going to give you what you need to know. So when he was conducting the experiment, old boy confirmed that light is a wave, right? But he also noticed that there was some interference. He was witnessing the light interfering with itself as a particle. Interestingly, that interference pattern disappeared whenever some sort of detection instrument was used to try to observe and figure out what was happening. They realized that the very act of observation transformed the wave into a particle. The ability for light to express itself in two different ways at the same time is called superposition. What else is is light? Oh, us. We are light beings. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then we get into something called wave-particle duality. And that is the concept in quantum mechanics that every particle or quantum entity can be described as either a particle or a wave. Okay, so it's not just light that does this. Several experiments have verified that not only simple particles like photons, electrons, neutrons have this property, this superposition ability, but complex particles have this property as well, things like atoms and molecules. When light acts as a particle, it's called photon. Photons have no mass. The word invisible comes to mind. And each one carries a specific amount of energy. What else is invisible? Hmm. Mm. Magic. Mm. (laughs) Now, if you want to go down the rabbit hole on all of this stuff, a good place to start would be Schrodinger's equation. And then there's also another experiment called the photoelectric effect. But I think we got the point. What I'm trying to say is that we have the science We have the proof that backs it up that the universe we live in is of a fundamentally probabilistic nature. So in other words, this is a universe of endless possibility. In fact, possibility is the universe's main function because that's how the universe learns about itself. That's the reason why we're here. That's another rabbit hole. Okay, anyway, so... 
Having this foundation is important because this is the scientific backing for why magic works. It's the proof for why magic can be practical. So that's why this episode is called Magician That Shit, because I'm going to show you how to look into the mirror, also known as your life, and see exactly what it is you want to see. So let's first start by understanding exactly what magic is all about. You know me with the words. I'm going to bring you a definition. Come on. So magic is the power of apparently influencing the course of events by using mysterious or supernatural forces mysterious forces kind of like photons right light particles that have no mass the power of apparently influencing hmm, the course of events so influencing how reality appears to us that's what i'm getting from this definition Magic, which includes miracles, is made up of perceptions, language, and firm belief. Those are the mysterious supernatural forces that the definition is talking about. Cinderella drove a pumpkin that perception transformed into a horse-drawn carriage. We catch an attitude because perception transforms that harmless comment into a personal attack. Our bodies physically respond to our nasty fantasies or when we're thinking of our favorite foods, we might start salivating, right? Or maybe we'll get nausea because we're thinking about that big test tomorrow. I mean, how many more examples do I need? Okay, the physical always responds to whatever energy that the mental is giving off. Okay, so you may be seeing, saying, seeing, you may be saying at this point, Ashlyn, I hear you. I understand. I'm right there with you, sweetie pie honey bunch. But if changing my life was as easy as seeing it, how come I don't see? Okay, well, that's a great question. Are you ready for the answer? Okay, great. Your judgment of what you see is keeping you from seeing it. I know, right? Like, what the fuck? Okay, so let's go back to the salivating example. When I start thinking of my favorite meal, there's a small delay between when I start thinking and when I start drooling. That delay is the space where the invisible turns physical. It's where the photons with no mass suddenly come into contact with our eyeballs and materialize as light that we see. What holds us back and slows down that transformation of energy to matter is our negative responses to the in-between. This is where belief comes into play. Remember, belief is an element of magic. So if you want magic to work, there must be belief sprinkled into the mix. The judgment, the impatience, the doubt, the uncertainty, all of that fogs up the mirror. Remember, in this episode, mirror is code word for life. You can't do much with a dirty mirror. Like, yeah, you can still get ready, right? When you're looking at the dirty mirror, but there's that distraction, right? You're like, if you're anything like me, you get distracted by like how dirty the mirror is. And then you'd be thinking about like, how am I such a dirty person? What happened? (laughs) And then that delays the whole getting ready process, right? So how do we clean up this mirror? By eliminating that distractive negative energy. So here's something that's going to blow your mind, maybe. I don't know. Judgments are agreements to see something negatively. 
This agreement is reinforced by the labels we use to represent it. It's the difference between I'm having a day and I'm having a bad day. That teeny tiny label, that judgment, is a representation of your agreement to see something negatively. That first statement, I'm having a day, allows for possibility. Didn't I say something earlier about the universe being a fundamentally possible universe? The magic is rooted in possibility, but only if you allow it to exist, only if you let it be seen. Labels cloud us from seeing. Our labels of our experiences, if unchecked, are those tiny specks in the mirror that keep us from really seeing ourselves and who we really are. So this is practical tool number one. Here is your homework. I want you to sit down and write down all the things you would not be saying if you had right now what it is you want. If you already had the thing you want right now, what would you not say? It's a very simple but powerful one-step tool that will activate the magic mirror. Take a look at what you wrote. Those are the cheat codes. Now you have a whole list of things to look out for to keep you from getting distracted. So in those moments when you're upset because the followers aren't there, the clients haven't come, the partner hasn't arrived, the debt's still there. In those moments, looking at your list of old things that you used to say is that jolt that gets you back on track. It helps you step back into the identity of the version of you who has the thing. Cleaning the mirror, eliminating the judgment of what things look like around you right now, that's the work. Sometimes it's incredibly difficult not to judge because that's what our minds are designed to do. The ego is trying to keep you safe. The ego will be screaming at you, telling you that what you're doing is crazy, but it's most imperative that you override this mental function. When you master the work, when you clean the mirror, the magic materializes your desire into your reality. Remember, this is all just based on perceptions. Light is a superposition. Light is in a superposition. It can be a wave or a particle depending on how you see it. Your life is magical depending on how you see it. Are you, do you feel me? Do you feel me? Okay. So I want to give you an example from when I did this exercise to show you how it works. So I decided that I'm a podcast host with 500 paying subscribers. Notice my language here because language creates magic. So I had to write down all the things that I wouldn't be saying, the things I wouldn't be doing, the person I wouldn't be as the me in my desired reality. And I looked at that list. Am I saying any of these things? Am I doing any of these things? Am I being who I said I wouldn't be? Am I feeling the ways I said I wouldn't feel? Yes? Okay, so what needs to change? Really what this exercise is doing is It's helping you hold on to that identity as it materializes into your world. Remember, there's always a lag time. There's always a lag time between when you think it and when you see it happen in your world. This exercise is the momentum that you add to the energetic escrow. But more on that later. I do want to talk on this embodiment piece and share one thing that I found to be helpful for me. So embodiment is really embracing the identity of the future you who is living how the present you wants to live. 
So for me, one thing that helps me really focus on my being and grasping my identity was I stopped putting things on my to-do list. I stopped using my planner in the way I was using it before. And here's my reasoning behind that. I identify as a good driver, right? So as such, I don't have to consciously think about keeping a particular distance away from other drivers. I don't have to think about or make a decision on whether or not I'm going to slow down when I see a yellow light. I just do. I'm a safe driver. I do safe things, right? This could be applied to any aspect of your life. If you identify as a hygienic person, do you have to put brushing your teeth on your to-do list? Right? You feel me? Right? You just do it because you're hygienic. So in the same way, as I'm embodying the identity of a podcast host with 500 subscribers, then I shouldn't have to write down and tell myself when I'm going to do a particular thing. Identifying as that person means I do it when it feels right to me because that's my nature. (laughs) All right, so I can't talk about magic without talking about faith because faith is the engine that makes magic go. It's easy to muster faith in your new reality. Think of all the things you believe in right now that you've never touched or seen in person. Wi-Fi, ultraviolet light, your brain. But we believe in those things because we've experienced the effects of its presence. The magic mirror requires you to believe what is temporarily denied by the senses. I'm going to say that again because that's a cheat code, okay? The magic mirror, okay, your desired life that you want, it requires you to believe that it's here already, even though that reality is temporarily denied by the senses right now. But don't worry, just takes a little bit of time for matter to catch up to energy. There is power in unwavering attention. So to hold on to the identity of a reality you do not yet see, Start looking for little hints or evidence of its presence. So what that looked like for me. So, man, I had to get down to the journal. So at the top of the page, I wrote down my new reality. I am a podcast host with 500 paying subscribers. And then I started looking for all the evidence that right now this is my reality. And here's what I wrote down. I attract people who are interested and listen to my work daily. People actively support my podcast. There is an energetic exchange between the intention that I put in my episodes and the attention people give back. These three pieces of evidence help me get my mind right. This evidence keeps me in that identity of a podcast host with 500 paying subscribers because all of these things are true right now and they are also true as me who has 500 subscribers. (laughs) Everything in this universe, including you, has the unique power of superposition, which earlier in this episode I said was the ability to change state based on observation. So let's switch gears and talk about mental states. So in my NLP certification, they taught the difference between a goal and a state. A goal takes time, but a state is immediate. This is what spiritual groups are talking about when they teach embodiment. It is a mental state that influences the energy you assume. Let's apply the concept of the magic mirror, also known as the life we'd rather be living, to this NLP teaching. 
The idea is not to make your ideal life a goal. The idea is to make it a state. We're in control of our mental states at any given time, and they can be manipulated through the actions we take. That is essentially cleaning the mirror. So from these mental states that we assume, and if you haven't listened to my Law of Assumption episode, I encourage you to do so because it's related to this. Uh, But from these mental states, we create a thing called innervation. Innervation is the art of creating in your head without doing much to reality, without efforting. In medical terms, innervate means to put nerves into. So when we're in an innervated state, we are animating, bringing life to the magic mirror. There's another aspect of innervation. And I'll give you an example of something that we innervate every day without thinking about. Our eyesight. So there are only three cone receptors in the eyes to detect the colors red, blue, and green. I know in art class they told us that the three primary colors are red, blue, and yellow, and that's true in the art world, but in physics, our physical bodies and the physical world around us, the main primary colors are red, blue, green. Anyway, the point, what I'm trying to say is that your brain makes up every other color on the spectrum based on the mixture of the frequencies of the three primary colors that our eyes pick up. Stephen Westland, professor of color science at the University of Leeds in England, he breaks things down for us. He says, we see light because, he says, we see because light enters our eyes in one of two ways, either directly from the light source or reflected from an object. This leads to two types of color mixing, additive or subtractive. Now, both of these color mixing systems are accomplishing one task to modulate the responses of the three types of cone photoreceptors in our eyes. Those additive and subtractive systems are controlling the amounts of red, green, and blue light that we see, and it generates a picture based on what it thinks makes sense in the environment. So in other words, the other part of innervation is you don't really see yellow, purple, teal. You generate yellow, purple, teal, so forth. So if we know that our bodies are already doing this unconsciously, we can make this a conscious thing. We can generate what we see in the magic mirror consciously by holding our mental states. Do you feel me? Do you feel me? This whole episode here is to give you All these pieces of proof that magic exists and you have access to it to create whatever you want in your life. The only thing that the magic mirror requires is your decision that you are that person right now. So I do want to switch gears again and talk a little bit about energetic escrow. I know I promised you that I would talk about it early in this episode. Anyway, okay. Energetic escrow is the space where your desires incubate before they pop up into your world. Kind of like a baby in the womb. The baby is here in the sense that it exists. It's just not out here in the world. 
So in those nine months, the mother is preparing. She is assuming the identity of mom. She may have the crib decorated already. You know, she got the clothes already ready. She is prepared to see, touch, smell, and love up on this baby. Although the baby is not here yet in her arms, she is already mother. She is already acting as such. That is the best example of energetic escrow I can give you. <laughs> I talk about ener- I talk about energetic escrow because this is how all of this works. Everything in this universe has an energetic escrow. There's always a space or a point where life springs from. For energy to be turned into matter, it needs momentum. Momentum is the escrow. So for you to be living the life of your dreams, you have to hold that mental state. You have to assume the identity. That is the escrow of your energy. Your mental energy of your desire is being turned into 3D things that you can taste, touch, and smell. But you must be careful not to judge that while it's on its way. Okay, that was a lot. We know that our brains take up 25% of our energy resources. One organ consumes a significant chunk of our energy, the thing that helps us live life. So if we know that it has that much power, our minds would be obviously the most useful tool to keeping our magic mirrors in focus, would it not? Right? Mm, Right? That's what I'm saying. Okay. Here's the thing, guys. If you want to live your dreams, you have to be committed to the truth of truth. Well, sorry, guys, to the truth of your energetic reality, regardless of how it appears in the material world. It's easier to commit to this when we have an energy strategy plan. This is for continued embodiment of your soon to materialize reality. So the energy strategy plan is the tool that we use to keep the judgment and the doubt at bay. It helps us keep the identity of our desire alive. So for my energy strategy plan, I started playing the noticing game with myself. So what that meant was how many pieces of evidence can I notice today that supports the fact that I am in my desired reality right now? The noticing game helps me see that it's here and it keeps me grateful. It keeps my energy levels high. Another thing that I did was I stopped arguing for my limitations. And I think this is a kicker. (laughs) I stopped giving meaning to all the little things that my inner critic had to say. I've talked about this question before. Would you rather be rich or would you rather be right? When you're in an emotional spiral and you're sitting with all the reasons why it's not happening... You are arguing for your limitations. You are arguing to be right about why you can't do the thing. So what exactly do you do to stop yourself from getting in that spiral? For me personally, I had to give my inner critic a chance to speak. I gave my ego a chance to speak. Remember, our egos just want to keep us safe, right? So our egos definitely have something to say, which reminds me, you know that um, saying only a squeaky wheel gets oil right yeah so unless you give your inner critic your ego your fear your doubt unless you give them all a chance to speak they're gonna keep on talking to you right so i gave all of them five minutes to plead their case and after listening to them i wrote down 
all the reasons why my fear, why my doubt, why my ego was wrong, why they don't know what they talking about. And that was that coffin closed. And really a big part of this is narration. Earlier, I talked about how magic is made up of language. I'm the type of person that dot, dot, dot. How often are you saying this? And what's following after those words? How married are you to your stories? Are you the person who is always forever in a state of manifesting their dreams? Or have you already manifested it? Are you the person who assumed and taking control of their dream life right now? Right? Mm. So to sum up this entire episode, don't desire it, live it. And that means you're going to have to be delusional for a little bit, but step into it, live it out in your mind, let your body follow, do the things you would do, say the things you would say, experience the feelings that you would experience, assume the identity and accept and expect its existence and watch things shift. Watch how energy materializes from the escrow. The universe has shown time and time again and in a variety of ways that the more we interact with possibility, the more the possibility becomes real. So here are the takeaways of the episode. Number one, it has been established that everything in this universe embodies a superposition and has potential for anything at all times. Number two, Our bodies intake a certain amount of information from its environment and our brains generate the rest. Three, observation determines what is expressed. Remember, we talked about waves turning into a particle when the detectors are present, right? Okay, so what are you observing and is it what you want to observe? And if it's not, change your language. Okay, (laughs) fourth takeaway. What would I not be saying if I already had the thing? That is the single most life-changing question. That is the eco-friendly Windex that is cleaning your mirror, okay? So do that exercise. I urge of you. I urge you. Yeah, okay. And the last takeaway is how are you narrating your life? So are you arguing to be right about your judgments and your doubts and your fears? Or are you... Allowing yourself to just live your dream world and overtake that identity. Okay, so I'm going to end this episode with two quotes. The first one is from George Bernard Shaw, and he says, The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable man persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man that's not on that and for the second quote this is from james allen in his book as a man thinketh he says he thinks in secret and it comes to pass environment is but his looking glass so i sign off with this question which mirror will you choose to look in starting today